Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. We all know the scripture which says, faith comes by hearing, but listen carefully, hearing specifically the word of God. And that's why it is so important when people share scripture, that they do it sincerely and also accurately. And that involves using proper exegetical means, a methodology of arriving at understanding arriving at the truth of Scripture. And when one does that, it gives others the opportunity to do something marvelous, to agree with God. The wisest thing that you can do is agree with God. We hear His truth and we say yes, and we receive it, and that truth will change your life. It will bring a specific type of change into your life a God-pleasing change, one that is righteous and one that will manifest His glory. And when that is done in you and through you, that you become an instrument that manifests God's glory, the, the response from God back to you is joy. You will only know true joy when you are doing the things of God. And that begins with establishing a relationship with him and there's only one way to do that and that has been our subject for the last few weeks and that is responding with faith to the word of god specifically the gospel well take out your bible and look with me to the book of romans and chapter 10. now we saw last week that there was was a statement concerning preaching and preaching is sincerely and accurately conveying the revelation of God. Let me say that differently. It's sincerely and accurately conveying the truth of God. God's revelation is always true. And we know it's his revelation because it is in accordance with the scripture. It always agrees with what is written in the word of God. And what we find is this, it is only when people come in contact with God's truth, his revelation, then they can respond and experience life, a newness of life. And this is what God desires for you. And this is why Messiah gave up his life, that you might have eternal life and a life that reflects that character of the kingdom of God. And when you experience that type of quality of life, you are going to find everything about you is different. You are going to see things very differently than others, and you're going to behave very differently than others. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Romans and chapter 10. The book of Romans chapter 10, we're going to begin with verse 15. Now, remember, 
it talks about the necessity of hearing, but people won't hear God's truth unless there's preaching. Verse 15, and how will they preach unless they are sent? Now, this concept of sending has with it authority. God gives the preacher authority, but it's limited. It is to speak with authority, but that authority is based upon the truth of Scripture. And when one diverts from truth, they begin, they begin to give their own thoughts, their own imagination, what seems right to them. When they begin to want to speak in a way that is pleasing to men, in order that it elevates themselves, whenever that becomes what they're doing, it ceases to be preaching. And when I say it ceases to be preaching, what I mean is this, the anointing of the Spirit of God is not there. Now, what is the foundational objective of a preaching? Paul's going to tell us, and he's going to show us from an Old Testament passage. Again, verse 15 and how will they preach unless they be sent? Just as it's written, here's the proof. How beautiful the feet of the one who proclaims peace. Now, this word for proclaiming is really the word for evangelizing. And what we find is three things are going to take place in this, this passage. First of all, one is proclaiming peace, but that word is evangelizing peace. And this is good news. This word to evangelize always focuses. It's always founded upon one thing, and that is God's plan of redemption that relates, of course, to the gospel. What is the gospel good news about redemption? And notice what redemption prepares us for. Through redemption, we are prepared for, what's the next thing? It says, how beautiful are the feet of the evangelist that he is evangelizing. What is he evangelizing? People put for the purpose of peace. Now, here's what we need to understand. Peace is a very significant term in the scripture. Oftentimes, if you just ask people, what is peace? They will say, well, it's an inner tranquility. It is being relaxed. It is feeling good about yourself. People will respond in a variety of ways. And usually all of those ways are wrong. Because when the Bible speaks about peace, it's speaking about one thing, and that is peace, biblically speaking, is the fulfillment of God's will. And what Paul is saying is this. You cannot fulfill God's will unless first you are redeemed. Redemption prepares us to do the will of God. How can we understand that? It is only after being redeemed by the blood of Messiah that you can become a servant of God. And be assured of something. There is nothing better for you than to be a servant of God and to serve him in a way that is pleasing to him. Now, in this verse, and of course, it comes from Isaiah 52, and he says, 
How beautiful the feet of the one proclaiming peace. And then we have that same one. The one having evangelized, meaning announcing good news. And then it says, of the good things. Now, the word good is also related to the will of God. So this one who is evangelizing, he's sharing the good news of redemption. How you can become someone that experiences the fulfillment of of God's will and doing what? Doing the good things. So we see a correlation between peace and the will of God. Doing the good things, and the word good here is a word that speaks of that which is in accordance with God's plans, God's purposes. So in two different ways, using two different terms, Paul is saying redemption brings about the will of God. So you have to ask yourself a question. Are you truly interested in the will of God? Is that what you're seeking? Because all too often, when you you talk to a person, I'm speaking about a believer today, and you say, what is it that you're praying for? So often they'll say that God would help me do this. What's this? Well, it's what I want. It's what my dream is. It's what I believe that I've been put on this planet for. It is what I have lived for my whole life. It's my moment. Well, in actuality, all of those things are rooted in self. It's what you want because the will of God, it is going to be revealed according to his truth. And it's only going to be brought about as you begin to submit to him. So he says here, these good things, these good things are related to one doing. That's what brings about this peace in one's life. And then he says, now let's go to verse 16. But not all have obeyed the gospel. Not all have responded. Now, notice that word, obeyed. Now, obeying the gospel involves a few things. First of all, obeying the gospel comes with an understanding that you want to turn away from sin. Now, I've shared before that there are individuals that that struggle with the concept of eternal life. They might think that, that one can lose eternal life. And they're concerned for this. They say, if you preach that once one is saved, this one will be eternally saved, and that's what you mean by eternal life, that you can't lose it, it can't be taken away, then that is going to produce something. I said, what is that going to produce? People will hear that, and they'll begin to move to sin. No, they won't. Not a true believer. Why? Because the the foundational reason for why one came to the gospel and said yes to the truth of the gospel is that they didn't want to live in sin. They wanted to be set free from sin, not be under the authority of sin, not experience the consequence of sin. So there's no way that a true believer, one who has been regenerated, is going to hear, you mean God is never going to reject me? He is going to receive me into his kingdom, and there's nothing that can change that? That's correct. Good, I can go out and sin now. That's not the mind of Messiah. 
That is not someone who has the understanding of the Spirit of God within them. The Spirit of God leads us to righteousness, behaving righteously. The Spirit of God leads us in the truth of God. So we're not going to want to to turn towards sin. We like those good things, those kingdom things, those things that relate to the will of God. And that's why there are those, as it says here, but not all have obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Now, it's a testimony. And the relationship, what are we talking about? Well, we ended last week about those, if they're going to hear, there has to be preaching. And then we said in our study this evening, if there's going to be those who obey, it's that they have to hear. So if they're going to be those who believe, obey, respond, they have to hear, and that requires preaching. And therefore, preachers have to be sent. And this is a pleasing thing because it's through this message of the gospel that we can find peace, that we can be those who are experiencing the good things, doing the good things, and experiencing the good things. But not everyone has believed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17. Now, what he's talking about here, and remember, we began two weeks ago this chapter, and the focus was on Israel. Remember what Paul says. He says, my heart's desire and my prayer in behalf of Israel is for salvation, that they would come to salvation. But in Paul's day, he's meeting a lot of opposition, and he wants to explain that. This is not surprise God. It's not something that God didn't anticipate. In fact, the scriptures clearly reveal that this is what God knew would happen. But he's got a solution. And we'll talk about that in the future. But look at verse verse 17. Therefore, faith is from hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, if you're following a newer translation, it will do something. It will have faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Messiah. Now, there's no conflict, but what you see is a good example of how a a scribe wanted to, to help the reader out. And therefore, instead of the the more general term, the word of God, it wanted to make it, the scribe wanted to make it more exact. And that's why I believe that the Texas Receptus is better because it says simply the word of God. And that goes more with the context that we see from Isaiah. It's a word concerning Messiah, but it's God's plan. It is his gospel message that his son, the Messiah, fulfilled. He executed this plan, Messiah. But it says, therefore, faith, faith is from hearing and hearing specifically the word of God. Verse 18, but I say, have 
not they believed? And then he says, have they not not believed? Have they not heard? Excuse me, haven't they heard? Is this the problem? Notice what, what Paul says. Now, he uses a word. It's one word comprised of three Greek words. And what it really means is, really? Is that the situation? Is the problem with Israel that they have not heard? And that just needs to be solved. If they just hear the message, everything will change. Well, this is not the problem. He's going to teach us something very different. Look again. But I say, have they not heard for to all the earth went forth their voice? Meaning this, there has been those that have proclaimed the foundation of the gospel throughout history. Even before the incarnation of Messiah, there were those prophets. When we look, for example, even in the Torah, we see the gospel being revealed. We see in the temple service, the foundation, the major principles of what comprise the gospel message, sacrifice, the sacrifice of Messiah, the significance of blood, this, this concept of redemption. All these things, they were known. So when he says, have they not heard? Obviously, they've heard. The problem is what we've talked about earlier. Not everyone has obeyed. The problem is rebelliousness. The problem is a willful rejection. But God's going to, as I said, he's going to bring about a change. Look at the second part of verse 18 where it says, not only has their voice went forth in all the earth, but it says, and into the outer places, the ends of the world, is their word. So the message has gone forth. The problem isn't a lack of knowledge. The problem is a rejection of the truth. They have simply not put an emphasis upon the need for redemption. Now, this is true for Israel, but it's not Israel alone. We see many in humanity that are uninterested in the revelation of God, the truth of Scripture. Verse 19, but I say, but I say, not that Israel did not know, for Moses said first, I have provoked you by not a nation, meaning this. Israel took great joy in the fact that God made them into a people. And then you see a variety of others not coming together in unity, but the nations were, were scattered. The nations had all types of different qualities, different cultural things. So they weren't a, a people but there was a great variety. And what it says here is that God took that message and it penetrated different communities. Why is that his plan? Well, it says here, he is going to provoke them with a nation that's really not, not a people, not just this one group, but there's going to be much more diversity. 
And we know that ultimately God's kingdom people are from every tribe, every people, every nation, and every language. So this message is going to go across cultural divisions. It is going to be translated into a variety of of languages. It is going to touch people, not just of one group, but of a, a very diverse and a large variety of people. And it says, upon a nation that's without understanding, meaning this, upon a nation that did not have Scripture. They didn't have that understanding of God. But God, nevertheless, because of the power, what did we talk about two weeks ago? The word of faith. And that word, I said, it's a proclamation that comes with power. And therefore, that power is going to bring change to whomsoever. Doesn't matter, you don't have to be part of one nation. That nation doesn't have to have all this understanding. God's going to touch them with the truth of this word of knowledge. And then it says, unto this nation without understanding, he is going to anger you, meaning this. They're going to see, I'm speaking about my people, the Jewish people are going to see that there is peace. There is joy. There is power. There is the ability to be set free from the bondage of this world, the stress, the anxiety, and experience that peace that we talked about earlier. And with that peace comes that joy, that that peace that passes understanding, that peace that gives contentment. And, And the nation of Israel is going to see others that have that They don't have some special understanding. They don't have some special uh, uh, unity that's, that's there. Very diverse group. But because of that, it says that I will anger you, verse 20. And Isaiah boldly, in fact, we could say very boldly, and he says, I have been found, quoting God, I have been found by the ones not seeking me. I have been manifested to the ones who are not asking for me. Now, that word asking can mean also inquiring. So here again, there's Israel who has a zeal, but not a zeal according to knowledge. A zeal that is based upon works, working out one's own life one's own kingdom existence. And what happens? It produces nothing but frustration. It does not bring about the change that anyone is seeking. And then you have nation. That's really not a nation. A people not having any understanding. What does that mean? Not having the scripture. Not having the word of God given to them. But nevertheless, what happens? It says that God was found by them, but they weren't seeking. And God was manifested to them that wasn't inquiring, wasn't asking for God. Why? What brought about this change? Here's what he wants to say. What brought about that change for those people is one thing. The word of faith. This proclamation of truth 
that has power. The power to give life and understand eternal life, another way that we can say that, is kingdom life. So eternal life, this word eternal, relates to a characteristic of the kingdom. Not just life without end, that's part of it. But that same phrase for eternal speaks about a kingdom character, a kingdom quality. Now that quality is going to continue forever and ever. And what happens is this. It is that gospel that brings about that kingdom change. And it doesn't come simply because someone is working hard. It comes because of the proclamation of power. Now, what does this go back to? It should take us back to Abraham because he encountered a God, the only God, the God of Israel, that gave him a proclamation is called a covenant. And what was that power? That power was a kingdom blessing that was available to all families. Didn't have to be anything unique. It's if you would access that covenant. And how do you do that? The same way that that Abraham did, by faith. And what, what Paul is saying is, all of this, this current situation for Israel, it should not be surprising. The prophet spoke of it. Isaiah, look again at verse 20. Isaiah boldly and even says, I have been found by the ones not seeking me. I have been manifested to the ones not inquiring me. But verse 21, last verse. But to Israel, he says, all day long. Now, it's not that God is is rejecting Israel. Cast them away, replace them with another people. What does he say? All day long. And if you look carefully, it means continuously. God is still doing this. Why? What did we talk about a few weeks ago? The importance of Israel's salvation in order for the kingdom to be established. And we're going to see, especially when we get into chapter 11, how that ultimately is going to be brought about. But he says here, Isaiah is speaking, and he's, he's quoting He's quoting where he says, All day long I have stretched out my hands to a people. But here's the problem. A people that are disobedient and speaking contrary. What does it mean, speaking contrary? It simply means against that word of faith, against the truth of God. So the problem is, There is a disobedient spirit not wanting to submit to the Torah truth that faith comes by hearing. And not only are they rejecting, but what the scripture says is that they speak against this gospel. But do not think because of that, that God is finished. We're going to see in chapter 11, a marvelous chapter about how God will indeed bring about the salvation of Israel. A wonderful promise that is going to impact the entire world. Until next week, Shalom. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. 
Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.